you have happened upon the voice of the true resistance. Whether purposely or by accident, you are welcome here. No matter your political belief, you are welcomed here. My purpose is to voice my opinions on current events, promote civilized discourse, and hopefully do my part in reining in the extremism displayed by all sides. Start transmission. Greetings, audience. I hope you're enjoying your week. The CEO of Goya Foods faced a backlash for praising President Trump, which included a call from AOC and other Marxist puppets for a boycott of the company's products. CEO Robert Unanu promptly praised the president again and refused to apologize for his statements, calling the demand for a boycott suppression of speech. Goya products promptly sold out at food markets across the nation. Ford Motor Corporation's employees petitioned for the company to stop making police vehicles. Ford's CEO politely turned them down. More woke garbage from people who should be grateful for having a great job during these times. Nick Cannon, wannabe rapper and actor, whose main claim to fame was being married to Mariah Carey, reeled off a slew of anti-Semitic and anti-white comments on his podcast, Cannon's Class, last month. Cannon claimed that black people are the true Jews and Semitic people. He then went on to claim that white people are, quote, a little less than black people because they lack melanin in their skin. Those were the more tame comments about Jews and white people during the podcast. His main employer, Viacom CBS, ended their relationship with this moron shortly thereafter. Cannon later apologized for the anti-Semitic comments, but failed to do so for the anti-white comments. Since then, Mr. Cannon has decided to, quote, take a break, unquote, from hosting a morning radio show, Nick Cannon Mornings, which is based in Los Angeles. Hopefully this is code talk for You're So Fired. This is funny. Hollywood's white men are in a panic over the toxic climate of reverse racism they are encountering while going for acting jobs. It seems producers are more interested in hiring people of color for parts, no matter what the story is about. I wonder if they ever heard the saying, you reap what you sow. Well, that applies here, and I have no sympathy. Longtime conservative radio host Michael Savage received a threatening email from an anonymous sender using the Chinese-owned Gorilla Mail service. The sent email deletes itself within one hour. Mr. Savage, who is Jewish, was threatened with death while being constantly referred to as a fascist pig Jew. The email also threatened President Trump and his family. The San Francisco Police Department, along with the Secret Service, are investigating. The Savage Nation radio show and podcast is a favorite of mine, though the host gets a little cranky now and then due to age-related health issues. 
This thread is just another attempt at shutting down dissenting opinions, and it's just another page from the communist playbook. The Trump administration will soon end the audit deal which underpins Chinese listings on the U.S. stock market. The 2013 agreement, which set the process for the U.S. Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, PCAOB, to gain access to the closely guarded Chinese financial information and legitimacy on Chinese regulators. Of course, like any deal with the Chinese Communist Party, requests for information by the PCAOB were turned down effectively shutting the auditing agency out of doing its job, resulting in no insights into audits on Chinese companies which trade on U.S. stock markets. This is a good step forward. The U.S. House of Representatives have introduced a bill to address threats posed by Beijing-run Confucius Institutes. These so-called institutes became common on many U.S. college campuses and are directly funded by the Chinese Communist Party, and have been used to influence schools uh, to follow a pro-communist approach. The bill would transfer authority over the Confucius Institutes to the host school. Bat chance the CCP would let this happen. I'm sure besides trying to influence the school's curriculum, these entities also function as espionage hubs and recruitment centers for spies for the MSA. Time will tell. The administration has imposed visa curbs on staff at Huawei and other Chinese tech firms that aid human rights abuses, which is probably all the firms in China, including a few U.S.-based companies. The restrictions would prevent the issue of any form of visa which allows travel to the United States. The State Department singled out Huawei in the statement announcing the restrictions because, let's face it, Huawei is an arm of the CCP and nothing more, no matter how many times its figurehead CEO says it's an independent entity. Another good move. But wait, there's more. President Trump issued an executive order which will end Hong Kong's preferential treatment by the United States. The order will dampen the city's attractiveness as a financial hub would also treat Hong Kong like the rest of mainland China, putting restrictions on immigration, trade, and investment. Also, no export from the U.S. of sensitive technologies. I don't know why that was going on in the first place anyway. This was in reaction to the CCP's imposition of the so-called National Security Law, which criminalizes acts such as succession, subversion, and collusion with foreign forces. This will force many banks and investment firms out of Hong Kong, which puts a strain on China's financial markets. So there's three steps forward, one step back. The Trump administration rescinded a rule which would have required international read Chinese students to transfer or leave the United States if their schools held classes entirely online because of the pandemic. After the rules announcement last week, eight federal lawsuits were filed and hundreds of communist indoctrination centers, oops, I mean universities, voiced their opposition to the rule. You know the old saying, money talks. The F1 student program is a sham. Most students never return to their home country. 
Also, why would these students need to be physically present in this country if the classes are being held online? A 24-year-old woman from Indiana was shot and killed after an argument between her family and a group of Black Lives Matter supporters. Jessica Whitaker was walking alongside the Indianapolis Canal with her fiancé, Jose Ramirez, and two other people when one of the group allegedly used a racial slur that wasn't directed towards the BLM group, who responded by shouting, Black Lives Matter. Ms. Whitaker's group then shouted, All Lives Matter, spurring an argument which was thought to be resolved. However, the BLM group ambushed the opposing group, resulting in the death of Ms. Whitaker. The story was buried within general crime stories by mainstream media, with no mention of the involvement of BLM, nor the race of the victim, which was white, and which is also typical. Barry Weiss, a writer and staff editor at my favorite, not really, newspaper, the New York Times, resigned last Tuesday, saying that she was subject to constant bullying by colleagues who disagreed with her views in a work environment where self-censorship was the norm. She went on to say that if a person's ideology is in keeping with the orthodoxy, they and their work remain unscrutinized. Everyone else lives in fear to the digital Thunderdome. Online venom is excused so long as it is directed at the proper target. She claimed she was called a Nazi and racist by co-workers and accused of writing about Jews too often. Folks, it's not like Ms. Weiss is a conservative. She's a very liberal writer and still wasn't radical enough for her communist contemporaries at the newspaper. And we're supposed to take anything printed by this rag as a fact? I think not. The New York City police have released a disturbing video of a man who attacked a group of police officers, including the department's highest-ranking uniform member, during an attempted arrest during a protest, Reed Riot, on the Brooklyn Bridge. The video shows the black man hitting the cops with a cane as they try to effect an arrest on a subject that had punched an officer. The criminal backed off only when a black officer drew his gun on the suspect. You know, we can thank Obama and especially the mayor of New York City, Bill Big Bird de Blasio, which isn't really his real name, for demonizing cops and allowing these punks to get away with this anti-law enforcement behavior. Well, first they went after Confederate statues, then Union statues. Founding father statues were next, and now Roman Catholic statues are being targeted at an alarming rate. The latest was a statue of the Virgin Mary, which was vandalized in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This follows vandalism of a statue of Mary in Queens, New York, the burning of a statue of Mary in Boston, and the decapitation of a statue of Jesus inside a Florida church. The perpetrators of these acts are communists indoctrinated on our college campuses. You know, something has to be done. These Marxist professors need to be investigated to see who is funding them. Some overseas news. It seems the country of Iran has been suffering from a series of explosions at their secret nuclear sites. Well, maybe those sites were not so secret, and maybe the Mossad is getting in a few last licks before Iran's new owner, Communist China, takes over the country's nuclear program. 
Iran and China announced a $400 billion, 25-year strategic alliance last week. Along with the money, China promised that Iran would be the first country to be exposed to all the new pandemics coming from that lab at Wuhan. This effectively bails out Iran and gives them relief from Western sanctions, but at what price? Oh, what about China's own persecuted Islamic population? The Uyghurs? Anybody remember them? Heather Iran was the beacon of liberation for the world's downtrodden Muslims. Well, folks, again, money talks. I've got some recommendations for you guys this week. Check out Really Graceful's YouTube channel. It has some interesting insights. Now, last week I told you about some channels which are part of the Pluto television service. If you don't want to go that route, Newsmax, American Voice, and The First have standalone apps you can download. The Blaze also has a standalone app, but they want you to buy a subscription. So if you want to watch The Blaze, it's better off doing it on Pluto TV. Okay, here's an editorial. COVID-19 is real. A lot of so-called conservatives are saying that the coronavirus and the pandemic are false. They claim it's just part of a plan to hinder the re-election of President Trump. Personally, I've lost three co-workers, all of which were younger than I am, to this CCP virus, so I'm telling you that it's for real. Now, I'm not going to lecture you on wearing masks and the like. I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV. Yeah, that old gag. All I'm going to say is, take precautions and let's not forget the source of this catastrophe. Our buddies over at the Communist Party of China. Enough said. Thank you for listening. I hope this provoked some thoughts from you, and not just emotions. You can contact me at nnopodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. If you want to be bored, listen to my other podcast, OFNT, Old Fart New Tech. Stay safe and open-minded. This concludes today's episode. Have a great week. See you next week. End Transmission.